the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm Rhonda Taylor, the host of the Talent Experience. And today I have a a friend of mine from across the pond. He's no stranger to you. Uh, He is well known in the European market, but he is one of the true global influencers slash analysts in the space. And today I would like to welcome Bill Borman. Hi, Bill. Hi, Rhonda. It's good to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Bill, you know, we all know you so well, but, you know, can you give us the elevator pitch of who Bill Borman really is? Yeah, I think I'm still trying to figure that one out quite often. But if, if, I, if I give you an idea, so I work with technology companies. So I work with marketplaces like Placed and Hacker Job. Um, I've worked with people like Candidate ID who were sold to um, to iSIMS in, in the past year. Um, real links a a horse fly a a range of organizations in the technology and talent acquisition space advising on things like product and what the market demand is and then i do a lot of research and a lot of speaking around just what's going on i'm connected through true which is the recruiting unconference with um uh, lots of heads of talent acquisition globally so I, i tend to have a uh a reasonably good record of of looking and forecasting what, what what's going on in the market. Yeah, you really do have your finger on the pulse of the HR professional. And and I heard you speak recently, and it's kind of interesting. You spoke about the, the crisis of the crisis. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain, expand on that? Expand, expand what it is. Okay, so um, unashamedly, I stole that. Um you know, I first got really started looking into this from a, a, a European analyst and thinker who's my guru, a guy called uh, Peter Hingson, um, based out, out of Belgium. And Peter talks about the crisis of crisis, which got me really thinking about this. And this is that we've been through a period of time when we've had a number of significant kind of headline crises. So we, obviously we've had um, COVID and then there was the invasion of Ukraine, which created an triggered an energy crisis, triggered the economy. We've had lots of different um, crises going on to the point where it seems that in talent acquisition and HR, we're moving, we just move from one crisis into another. You know, if if we look at things like the, um, the, the, the general environmental crisis, whatever your position is on that, the, all the impact of the environment and what that means, the move, the migration of people displaced for economic reasons. I think we've got um, something which I'm expecting kind of looking at very closely, both in Europe and in the US is I think we're getting close to some political crisis and, and civil unrest, all things which really affect our um economic environment which then naturally falls over into hiring so we're, we're permanently reacting to what today's crisis is and that, and that's what we mean by that is is this need to be 
constantly agile and understanding what, what what's what's going on um you know i'd say closest to home the biggest thing is really um the recessions economic recessions which are going on which conveniently we've kind of had this theory that if we don't talk about it it won't really be happening that's of course fantasy and and la la land um we we're in a we're in the middle of a recession but for us in our roles it's a really weird and strange one there's not a playbook you know i've, I've worked in around recruiting for about 40 years i've worked through six or seven recessions historically they're normally quite predictable in terms of the playbook you can follow the data the number of full-time roles drop significantly the number of um the number of contingent and temporary roles rise and then fall people are less comfortable making long-term commitments either to hiring technology contracts any of the ways that we do things it's harder to get long-term money out of your c-suite for projects that you're doing um and normally what happens is you get a, a, a an influx a sudden rise of, of of candidates in the marketplace where you have more candidates than you have jobs and um the hiring companies gain a, quite a lot of power in that in terms of things like negotiating power what offers can be and so on um and yet what we're seeing in this recession is zero unemployment pretty much if you look and that doesn't matter whether we're looking at the US, uh, you know, we, we, we've seen uh, millions of people go out of the labour market as a result of COVID um, and decide not to return into it, whether that's people taking early retirement or people taking opportunity of the new world of work where they can they can do some gig work, they can, can earn a bit a bit of money and and do some consulting and be okay have gone out a lot of people have gone out of the labor market without a lot of people going into it because we're also seeing um younger people extending education by a number of years because because of, of lack of opportunity right so the labor market's getting squeezed on both ends we're in a recession but we have zero unemployment and we're scrapping around for talent so i think it's a and there isn't a playbook for that that this hasn't happened before so i think it's really exciting times with lots of opportunities and also times with a lot of threats so i'm really following and and we're getting different reasons so six months ago with some of the tech companies i was working with we were looking for longer term contracts people were coming back and saying no we don't want it we don't want to do that uh, we don't want to do that because there was COVID, then it was the Ukraine war. We've had the great resignation. We've had quiet quitting, quiet firing, all kinds of things going on, which we've not seen before, which is, which I think makes the market super interesting at the minute. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think they're, they're saying that this is, this is a, a job full uh, recession that we're, we're coming into. And I guess with zero unemployment, um, you mentioned people going out and doing gigs and doing, you know, but we're also seeing budgets being cut, um, cut back. You know, there's a direct economic impact. What else are you seeing in regards to um, upskilling along those lines? So, you know, there's a little, there's a lot of looking at it and saying it's, it, it's, 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 quite hard to hire at the moment um no kidding 
talent. <laughs> and, and as a result of that, I think we're beginning to to look genuinely look at how do we do more with what we have. So first of all, like, we've seen some of that trend happening anyway, right? So internal mobility shifted, and you can see where the focus shifts. Over the last 18 months, two years, I think the last time we spoke, we spoke a bit more about this on, on the show. But internal mobility switching from a general HR function into talent acquisition, where um, the if the hiring labour pool, if you like, where do you get talent? A lot more focus on who do we already have in the organisation. Now, what happens when you do that, the, the pattern that we followed, is first of all, we saw internal mobility rise as in importance and go into um, talent acquisition and more thought around things like retention. How do we keep people longer, but not just how do we keep people longer? Uh, you'll probably remember the, the cliche phrase. I kind of hate it, but I, I, I know it when people were talking about quiet quitting, um, which was kind of a weird one because what everyone was upset about was people were coming in and doing no more than their job like doing no more than what they were paid for that we should have an expectation that that everyone would do more um but really what that and i think that brought the real focus back on mobility which is okay how do we um how do we reinvigorate a workforce um so that's one aspect of it the second aspect of it is that uh we've seen a real shift in trying to figure out and actually beginning to see some practical solutions first of all in a technology from a technology perspective we've seen a number of players come in that could really enable us to begin to work the skills market rather than the experience market so if you think in, in, about the way in which we've hired and mobilized people in our organizations historically it's been very much based on the CV resume. It's been very much based on predictions and forecast on capability based on experience. What's your job title? How many years have you been doing that role? Where might you go? Um, actually, because the new jobs look a bit different, we're looking much more about the organisation of skills around job families. And, and that created a series of problems as in how do we actually assess these skills well, we can't make assumptions about them from a CV, right? So that was the first challenge that I've seen us beginning to fix. So we're now beginning to think about the skills we need in an organisation and how we need to develop them. And at the same time, what impact does that have on mobility of individuals within, within the organisation? Um, how does that impact if we're giving people more opportunity and have a clear career path for them? How is that impacting on things like retention and keeping people in the organization but the skills piece is i think is is having one of the most dramatic impacts on the way in which we think about hiring and the way in which we do things like just making a job description instead of a list of experiences and duties a list of skills that are going to be applied and who has those in the organization who doesn't so I think it's been really interesting following that. And, and that always, as all these things, it begins with te technological capability. Ca how are we actually going to measure that? What are we going to do? I, I think there's been some um, super interesting acquisitions going on in that space recently, not least I've seen um, in the last couple of weeks, um, Code Academy, the, the computer skilling 
school the, the the open source has been acquired right so code academy has been acquired ga was acquired a while ago by deco we're seeing the skills based and learning platforms increasingly being acquired and applied not just within a very um narrow l and d space but looking at broader applications of skills and learning in particular internal mobility uh, and that creates a lot of opportunities but it also means we need to uh, as hr leaders as, as talent acquisition leaders we're having to reskill and rethink ourselves about how how do we apply this in the modern world yeah and we're also having to understand the the levels of proficiency of these skills yeah. um, and that's been the big, the big challenge yeah, understanding proficiency, understanding how you rate them. I think the other bit, which is part of the discussion, is being able to measure people not by current skill level, but demonstrable ability to acquire skills. You know, who who learns in a who is able to learn in a very agile way. So it's not just what's your so the historical hiring based on experience has been very much a prediction that you'll be able to do a job because of the experience that you had that you could demonstrate i worked in this company for three years or four years i worked in this job role i did these things these were interesting um what we're looking at now is how how agile have you been in the way that you've acquired new skill you faced a challenge you've got into a new role or maybe just your role has changed in the way in which it's been performed parts of large parts of um roles are being automated in in pretty much every discipline um whereas i'd say the work that we've done historically has probably been 60 to 70 percent um heavy lifting admin type functions of, of getting work done that's get increasingly being automated so what we're looking at is a smaller um skill set of saying okay these are the real skills you need to perform the job you have them or can you show that you can acquire them have you acquired skills quickly have you learned have you gone to the right places very often for yourself self-guided learning have you gone off and acquired knowledge and skills can you demonstrate that you can apply new learning so i think we're equally looking at um that agility in the way that we look at people for new roles which is the agility to, to first of all to identify what do i need where's my gap the second bit is to go in and acquire those skills in some practical way um it's usually unrecorded so historically as much as we've hired on experience we've also hired on qualification someone has x level of qualification and that proves that they've been able to study in a classroom for three or four years and learn this particular discipline now we're looking at it and saying yeah actually are you able to go and learn the pieces in your own way in which in whatever way format you want to learn and can you prove that you've applied them and progressed your career so i think that's you know that that creates a lot of really interesting um a really interesting dynamic in in how do we think about skills and how do we apply skills to traditional job families? How do we transform our thinking about that? And, and how do we use skill development and, 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 and knowledge development 
to enable people to plot their own career paths in organizations which ultimately leads them to staying around longer just because they're they're motivated by new challenge new learning and new opportunity yeah it and i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of go back to our original discussion where we were talking you know the crisis of the crisis um and i think what's interesting of everything that you've spoken about will eventually decrease turnover and i think that's the goal of every company you know not necessarily it won't necessarily decrease turnover but it might change the way that we view turnover we may not view it as a problem exactly if we have more agile organizations you know um retention generally has been a measure of how poor we are at sacking underperformers in organizations right um you know um i think we haven't we've not been First of all, it doesn't necessarily need to be a problem if we're building mm-hmm. gig companies. You know, the fact that people come in and do their best work. What's more important is their lifetime relationship with the organization and they're willing to come in and come out and plug in and plug out. Um, right. I think that means a rethinking of certain things like what really is the IP of an organization, what really are the secrets, and what is general market knowledge right i think we need to rethink that bit that it's okay that people move around and move around with knowledge that we don't have too many secrets and what secrets we do have are protected by trademarks and, and legal stuff that that, that that protects us that actually we need to have much more almost open source organizations where talent moves around works in different places does people can become micro specialists in small areas and as a result we work for multiple organizations and your challenge is keeping a relationship with those people and keeping them in so i think we're gonna have to rethink all of work like you know is retention is it necessarily a problem um and i think that it is a big problem at the moment but the driving factor of that problem is the complexity of hiring is that it's difficult to replace someone rather than it's somebody leaving so i think we might need to rethink what the real problems are with things like retention yeah and and bill there's also the flip side of the spectrum from what you're speaking about and it's they're saying that um the employee because they're doing retraining um they're becoming a a greater asset to their organization and through their relationship with the organization may make may wear many different hats and have their different jobs within their organization and not necessarily have to go outside um they, they may not need to go outside to apply that they may not need to go outside to acquire new skills but i actually think it's a case of as, as an organization um as organizations we need to look at retention of relationship rather than retention of employment and i think that's two very different things right so retention of relationship is that we're always engaged we always know where you are that you we have a good feeling about each other you know we have good feelings about you as a person we don't we don't have trust factors because you moved around or wherever and you have a good feeling about us that when we talk to you about the another opportunity or where you might want to go that you will always update us when when things change um that you feel positive about us so i think retention of relationship 
is going to be more important than retention of employment. And that's going to require um, examining what that relationship is and how do you deliver it in a different way? What, 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 what do you need to, to maintain that? Yeah. And out of all of this, Bill, we all have learned to be, to be resilient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you know, you've been in the space for a while. We're getting, we're kicking off a new year. Um, your yeah. specialty is talent acquisition, uh, recruiting. Um, what, what do you think will be the one significant difference in 2023 in your space? What do I think is the main difference? Yeah, what will be different? What do I think will be different? Um, I think the main difference is going to be um, uh, the, the. I think the well, the main difference is going to be first of all skills, as we've talked about. The next one is going to be what a relationship is between an organisation and a an individual which, which we've talked about i think you'll see a lot less attempt to ownership of people and a lot more collaboration we're going to need a different mindset about that i think the challenge is going to be um actually i'm very excited by the opportunity that that this is presenting i think we're reaching the talent tipping point where um you know the labor market if the labour market is going to be pretty exhausted, we're going to have to find new ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like if we look at the whole global commerce, what are the what are the big challenges that we've got? Sustainability, one of them. Right? You know, how do we use our resources in the right way? How do we work in the right way? Well, actually, in the HR world, that isn't. We're no different. We have a. We, we have a finite resource of people we can't just go out and keep do what we've done for the last 15 20 years which has really been rinse and repeat get a job go out and hire someone get them in to do that job for a period of time they leave replace them don't necessarily i think we're having to look a lot closer at our resources what are the skills what's the capability level what's the requirement what's the demand um oh does this mean we need to take a longer term view of the skills we're going to be needing in 18 months or two years, three years down the line. Does this mean we're going to need to be training and evolving skills? Some of that might be through the evolution of work. Some of that might be by delivering more traditional training, whatever it might be. How are we going to sustain our workforce so that they are gamefully employed and rewarded? And that, and that, and also motivated that's going to mean that means looking at a whole thing i think my biggest fear at the moment the biggest thing i'm worried about is the first thing that's been going out the window or been talked about going out the window at scale um where we've had a talent shortage has been all the great work we've done in um diversity in the last in the it's been top of agenda over the last period of time right and suddenly it's not yeah and there's so much. Bill, you're such a wealth of information. And, and we could go on and on because it's it's yeah. just an ongoing 
transition and and i like the word that you came with we, we might be talking about something else right and that and that's what's really exciting about our sector changes all the time and we need to rethink the challenge all the time yeah rethink and i think the buzzword is going to be collaborate i really do so bill it, it's always a pleasure to speak to bill borman in the uk um bill thank you for joining us on the talent experience yeah my pleasure and we wish you all the best thank you for joining us Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag Talent Experience Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel50. 